This is Deep Blue, where we get the true life stories of BYU athletes, coaches, and fans. Here's your host, Jerem Jordan. On today's show, I talk with one of the best and perhaps the greatest BYU women's soccer player of all time. She's already a professional draft pick. She's in the top 10 in everything in BYU history. And she's the only player in Cougar history to be a two-time first-team All-American. And she's not done yet. Her final <laughs> season as a senior is about to begin. Her name is Michaela Coolhan. Michaela, what's up? How are you? I'm good. Uh, I wish I was as good at my job as you are at yours. <laughs> I think you're better than that. Um, I disagree, but thank you. You're very kind. Did you know you're the only player in BYU history to be a first-team All-American twice? To be honest, I didn't know that. I mean, I know there's several All-Americans. I didn't know that I was the only two-time first-team All-American, though. So that's, that's big time. Yeah. That's what does that, what does that mean to you? <laughs> I mean, it means a lot just to see all the great players that have come through and played here and growing up watching BYU women's soccer have this tradition and, you know, just, just a legacy. It's, it's really cool to be here and kind of live up to that potential. Okay, so let's rewind. You said you watched BYU growing up. Was BYU always the place you wanted to go? Did you want to go somewhere else as a kid? So I would say I just was pretty casual about playing college soccer growing up. Um, my why, cousin, why was that? I just played soccer for fun um, in my younger years. Obviously, when I got a little bit older, it started, started to get a lot more serious, and I, I kind of realized, like, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to be my best and take it as serious as I can. But um, growing up, you know, I just I played every sport. I played – Soccer, I played basketball, I golfed. Those were my main three hobbies. And and as I got a little bit older, I started paying attention to the bigger picture. My cousin played here when I was in junior high, so I started paying attention to what she was doing. She was pretty and, good? Yeah, she was really good. Yeah. She kind of said the right? yep, yep, Chloe, yep. Chloe. Um, and so that's kind of when I started realizing, like, it'd be sweet to play at BYU. Okay, basketball, soccer, and golf. Mm-hmm. Were you the best at soccer or were you pretty good at the other two? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, when I was young, like junior high, so I would say like f- maybe third grade to like ninth grade, I think basketball was my best sport. Mm. Um, what position did you play? Point guard. Oh, point guard. Yeah. Could you shoot too? Yeah, I was a little bit of a okay. shooter, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's anywhere, like not anymore. I haven't <laughs> shot a ball in forever. But uh, yeah, I, I played basketball and, and my older brother played basketball. So I grew up kind of playing with him and that's like why I loved it so much. I'd go out in the backyard and just play with my siblings. Um, uh, but I don't know. At golf, I didn't take super seriously, but it was like always a fun thing to do, and so I started to get a little bit better at that. And then soccer, it was obviously a f- main focus, and I was on a really serious team, but it wasn't, I wouldn't say, like way over the rest of the other sports. Hmm. When did you realize you were good at soccer? Oh, I would say I realized I was good at soccer probably eighth grade is kind of when I started to believe like I, I could be good at I could be really good at soccer in club stuff because yeah. you're not quite to high school yeah but in soccer it feels like clubs bigger than high school in terms of getting seen yeah. and influenced by college coaches for sure in Utah especially um and and the scene here is really good yeah I don't think people understand how good the soccer is here oh I know and it's just getting better too yeah, yeah it's, it's really good it's it's developing a lot um I I think that I don't know. Do you know what ODP is? Olympic Development Program. Yeah. Right? So that that in club is when at that age, um, when like I said, eighth grade is kind of when things started getting serious, and that's when I started doing well. You know, better than I expected to, or better than I had in the past. 
And that's when things kind of started to click and I started to realize that I think I could make a run for it. <laughs> was there a moment where something happened and you thought, wait, am I good at soccer? Like someone talked to you or someone <laughs> told you something? Um. So the first – when you ask that question, the first kind of thought I have that comes to mind is at ODP. So every year in ODP you have your state – you play at your state level and you they have all the girls of your age group come try out. And you just kind of play against each other for the first little bit because there's so many people. And then they break it down into a state team. So you play as Utah and you go compete against um, like just the western states. We're called Region 4 is the region Utah's in. And um, that's called ODP Championships. So we're out. I make that team and we're out at. Wait, you make that team. How many girls are on that team? So there's like 18. Out of the whole state? Yeah. Okay, so you get into that group, you're like, oh, okay, I made the 18 yeah. person squad. This is pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and to be honest, I I would hope, like, I expected to make that. That wasn't so at like that the point, first. You felt like I'm good enough. Yeah, yeah, in I eighth, was like, in I should. Grade. Yeah, okay, yeah, I was like, I should, I should be doing it. Nice. So, so we get out there. That's in Arizona that tournament, and uh, all these college coaches are there, and I'm like, I knew that was coming. We're kind of at the age where you start to get looked at and stuff, um, but I didn't really think much of it. I wasn't like oh, this is, I need to perform, you know, all these people are watching me. I just kind of showed up and played. It's still sort of fun and less business-like. Mm-hmm, for sure, point. for sure. And and I feel really young still, you know. I don't, yeah. I'm not really expecting to be seriously looked at yet. Um, and then I get told at the end of that tournament, well, two things happened actually. One, we played in a semifinal game against Northern California and Coach Jen and Alicia at the time were watching that game. The head coach of the BYU Cougars and yes. the assistant coach. Yes. Yeah. And we finished. Do you know who they are already? So, yeah, it's easy to know who they are just because I hadn't, like, met them officially. But, I mean, they're just decked out in their BYU gear. And they're just sitting where the college coaches sit. So I kind of knew who they were. Um, and I actually, like, twisted my ankle or something that game. So after the game ends, I'm walking over to the trainer's tent to get, like, some ice and stuff. And I I pass cross or I cross fast with Jen, and she's like, "Hey Kayla, how are you?" And I was like, "Whoa, she knows my name!" <laughs> like, and we're on Kayla, not Mickey. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> it was like caught, totally caught me off guard. I was like, "Oh, hey Jen, like I'm good. How are you?" And then and she can't really talk to me. It's just against the rules. And yeah. she's like, "Hey, give me a call sometime," because yep. she's not allowed to call me. And I'm like, "Oh dang!" So that happened, and that was kind of like a a big moment for me. And then we finished the tournament, and I'm in the airport with my coach, my coach of that team. Um, and he, he pulls me aside. He said, hey, come talk to me for a minute. So I go sit, sit next to him in the airport, and he's like, hey, I just wanted to tell you something. Um, the national coach who – so they have youth national teams, U.S. youth national teams, and and they have scouts that get sent to these tournaments. And um, – he goes, the, the national team scout that was here watching you told me that you're the best player at this tournament. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, I had never heard anything like that. At this point, I hadn't been to any national camps or anything. He's like, I just want you to know, like, the level that you're playing at and what you're capable of. And and they expect to invite you to a camp soon. So just, like, hold your head high and, and just keep working for that. And he, like, he kind of downplayed it, like, but he wanted to tell me and and I was like, wow, that, that must be a big deal. And so I'd say that was kind of the moment that I kind of realized that I, I had potential in the sport of soccer. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, so do you go on to play on the youth national teams at some point? Yeah, so I, I think it was just – it's hard to remember timing, but I think it was 
the year after that that I went to my first national camp. And how many have you been to since? So I I went to that one, and then I didn't go. I got invited to because I they have age groups. So once they have U seventeen, and I I played in that one, and then I got too old for that. And the next camp is U twenty three, and I got invited to U twenty three camp, and then COVID hit, and so they mm. canceled it. And they actually haven't had any events since COVID. So I, I've only been to that one actual national camp. I've been to other like small small things, but not full blown camps and. And so it's kind of a bummer that that one got canceled because I was really excited. But hopefully they'll pick back up. Yes, especially based on how you played last year, which we mm-hmm. will get to in a moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's your family dynamic like? You have siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many? Yeah, so I have three siblings. I'm the third child. So I have an older brother. His name's Jordan. He's he's married. He has two kids and a third on the way. So family's kind of growing quickly. Um so I'm an aunt, which is really fun, having a niece and nephew, and that's kind of new and exciting. Um, I have a sister. Her name's Tyra. She's also married. So I have two, a sister-in-law and a brother-in-law as well, obviously. And then there's me and then a little brother. His name's Jake. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what are your parents like, and, and are you like one of them? <laughs> are they athletic? Yeah. Do they yeah. like soccer? Yeah. So very athletic. Um they both went to Weber State. That's where they met. Um, my you're a mom, Davis County girl. Yep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, my mom was actually a cheerleader, so different than me, but but very talented and, and has that side of things. My dad, he played pretty much every sport. He played um, baseball at a JUCO before his mission just a little bit. So Which that, JUCO? That was his, it was like, I should know this better. Uh, <laughs> Eastern Utah? Is that? It, it's not a thing anymore. Yeah, College of Eastern Utah. College of Eastern yep. Utah. Yeah, yep. okay. Now it's... USU Eastern. Okay, I was going to say, I know it changed, but yeah, yeah, that's what it was. So, so yeah, he played there for a year, um, but he also played football and basketball in high school, just just kind of an all-around athlete. Um, He's a big golfer now, though, so, or he he always has been, but that's kind of what he still does. And only you get, there's a good chance that comes in at some point. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So he's who kind of got me into golf and and keeps me liking it and playing with me. So That's awesome. So what what are some of the attributes that your family sort of gave you that you still carry on and off the field? Yeah, I was going to say, would you say athletically or just as a person? Um, So I would say as far as like on the field stuff, like so competitive. (laughs) Your family's competitive. Yeah, yeah. Where does that manifest itself in home life? Uh, like everywhere, every setting, uh, for good and for bad, <laughs> especially like my dad and brothers, like we could take, I mean, we have a pool in our backyard. We'll play who knows what pool basketball and it will get heated. You know, someone will end up leaving cause they're just <laughs> ticked off and don't want to be there anymore. But we no. go golfing actually as a, a lot as a family too. And we nice. always are like trying to throw out different bets and stuff to keep it competitive. So that's awesome. Yeah. On the field, you're interesting because I can see that you are just just want to win so bad. <laughs> yeah. Like I can see it, right, in your mm-hmm. body language. Yet, I mean, you get tackled and fouled a lot. Like mm-hmm. you, you, there's a shack element to you where it's like, how do we call this? We can't call every touch, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. It feels like sometimes. Yeah. How do you feel like you're officiated? Um, because I can tell you get frustrated, but you don't actually let that manifest itself in a way where you're not like – tackling someone else aggressively crazy you're like no mm-hmm. i gotta be composed in the middle of the park i gotta control things here yeah is that an accurate assessment yeah for sure i mean i i would hope that i don't ever let it overtake my emotions too much um, i don't know how you don't honestly yeah. <laughs> like if i got tackled hard a couple times i would get mad yeah well sometimes it's hard not to and and sometimes it causes me to react but 
I try for the most part just to kind of, you know, not let that be my focus of anything. If I draw a foul, great. If I if I get taken down, like I'm helping the team in one way or another. If if a team's targeting me or kind of keying in on me, then that means one of my teammates is going to be more open. And and so I try to just kind of keep a balanced mindset, not let that get to my head because that might be a lot of you know, team's game plan to kind of get to me, be physical with me, try to take me out of the game. So, I mean, my number one objective is to not let them do that to me. Okay, how do you end up at BYU? You mentioned that you watch the games. Your cousin comes here, and she's a really successful player as well. Mm -hmm. Was it obvious that BYU was going to be the pick? Who finishes second? Yeah. In the running from Michaela Quillian. Yeah, so this is kind of a funny story. Um, I'm sure several people have heard it, but I – so I – Got com- or recruited pretty early. Um, like I said, eighth grade is when I started getting looked at and talked to. And I kind of, I'm from Utah, lived here my whole life, and I, I kind of knew that I wanted to stay in Utah. Um, the idea of moving far to play soccer wasn't ever super enticing to me for whatever reason. Um, so I start start getting recruited, start talking to a few different schools, going on visits, stuff like that. And it came, pretty much came down to Utah or BYU, and um, they both are great programs, best best college soccer teams in the state. So it was pretty easy to get down to those two. Um, once I got to that point, it, that's when it got hard. And I had a lot of friends growing up that I played with that actually went to Utah. I had a lot that were coming to BYU as well, but for me, BYU was a little bit farther from home, so I knew people. I was closer to people at Utah, and so that was like a little bit of a draw to Utah. Um, but something about BYU always kind of was like desirable and, and just the picture, the image that BYU carries, I, re- I really liked. And so I, I get to the decision to come to BYU. I verbally commit in my soft beginning of my sophomore year. Oh, it's so early for so early. I just the older I get, the more I'm like, how did I understand when people do it? It's just such a big decision at a young oh, age. I know. And, and you looking can change back, your mind if you want, right? Yeah, but it's like looking back, I'm like, I don't I didn't know what I wanted. I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. I just <laughs> That's what at every age. Yeah. I even think like eight year olds getting baptized, nineteen year olds going on missions. Like it's big decisions. It's right? crazy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's funny. I, at that time I actually remember joking with my friends like I'm choosing BYU because I like the color blue. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever it took to get you, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Like that's the thought process I was at that time. It's just crazy how things change. But anyway, so I was I was committed. You don't sign till your senior year, though. I'm like November of month. your senior year, typically, I think, right? Yeah. I think or do you guys it, it do was February, I think. Okay. I think they've changed it now, but I believe I, I signed in the winter. Um, so you've played your fall February. high school season. Yeah. Or, or is it spring in Utah? Remind me. No, it's fall. It's fall. Okay. I just had finished you my finished senior year. You finished your senior year. Yeah. Now you got to decide. Yep. You pick BYU. Yep. Yep. So I – so, well, actually, before I sign is when I started having all these second thoughts. So it's like the fall of my senior year, right before I'm getting ready to sign. And I, I have my official visit coming up because that's when you can finally go on official visit. And Utah is contacting me a lot and I'm like – Shoot, I don't know what I want to do. I had a lot of friends, like I said, that were a year older than me at Utah, so they had just finished their first year at Utah. So I was getting their kind of thoughts on it. And, and the Pac-12 in soccer is legit. For sure. It really is. For sure. WCC is really, really good too, three or four teams mm-hmm. like every year. Yeah. But the Pac-12 is getting in like nine. Yeah, and the Pac-12 carries this big, yes. big reputation, right? Yes. I can see where that's 
alluring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I always thought that I wanted to come to BYU, but I definitely had like a big decision, and I was I was like as close as I could be to to going to Utah without actually doing it. I I go on my official visit there. I loved it. I had a ton of fun, and then it was before my official visit at BYU. So I'm like, I think I'm going to go to Utah. And I actually called Jen, and I'm like, hey, I just want to be completely transparent with you because I didn't want to drop a bomb on her, you know, like, hey, I'm decommitting. I was like, I'm just kind of reconsidering my original decision. I went on a visit to Utah, and now I'm kind of thinking things through and evaluating what's going to be best for my future. And she was awesome about it. I mean, Jen, I've had a few different things like this come up in my career, but she's she's the most understanding, helpful resource you could have. So, What was her reaction to that? She was like, I mean, her initial reaction was like, no way, like, we, don't go to Utah, like, kind of thing. She's got to be disappointed. Yeah, 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 a little yeah. disappointed, but she was like, you know what, we want what's best for you. If you feel like you're going to be better and, you know, happier and more successful if you go to Utah, then we completely support you. And I don't want to put any unneeded pressure on you. But no, with that said, like how bad I want you here and I want you to, to keep talking to me and like kind of, you know, give us the chance at least. So yeah, she said – That's a pretty good answer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and she actually said to me, your official visit's in like two weeks just to at least come here. Because I – in my head, I'm like I don't even want to go on the official visit because I don't want to give off the wrong idea like I'm coming if I'm not. And she's like, that's okay. Like, we're not worried about that. Just come. Give it a chance. So I'm like, okay. So I come and experience it here. And from that point forward, no questions asked. It was like game changer. What was? Coming coming here. And yeah. no, what about that visit sort of yeah. made, made you feel that way? I To be honest, I think it's one of those things that's like I can't really put into words. It was like a maybe spiritual experience in a way. And – and just something that kind of I felt like I was really with myself and like in tune with my own thoughts and was able to realize like this is where I'm supposed to be kind of. And like for whatever reason, it just felt right. And on top of that, I loved the team. I loved the coaching staff. I loved, you know, just everything about BYU and, and the excitement and the, the reputation that the program has here is kind of what ultimately had me more confident in coming. So from that point forward, I, I told Jen, I'm like, yep, my decision's made. I'm coming. See you in a few and she's months. she's thinking, I told you. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. told you. Just exactly. give us a shot. And she'll still tell you that to this day. <laughs> she'll still be like, remember when you almost left us? Like, aren't you yep. glad you didn't leave? <laughs> yep. Yep. So, no, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah, there's uh, this place is special, right? And yeah. uh, there are a lot of places that could totally work for a lot of people. For sure. But I think I speak on behalf of Cougar Nation when I say thanks for coming to BYU. <laughs> of course. I'm happy I'm here. <laughs> okay. So the number eight. Is this a number you had as a kid? Is this a number that was you wanted when you got to BYU? Was it taken when you showed up? <laughs> so eight wasn't. My number growing up was 21. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I know my grandpa had number 21. It's kind of family number. Um, and so I just always wore it. It wasn't anything crazy. But Maddie Sidaway was 21 when I got here. And so they're like, here's your number options. Take your pick. How does, how does that work in college, by the way? In the NBA or NFL, a guy, if he really wants it, will pay the other guy off. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. How does it work in college, like, if you really want that number? What do you do? We didn't get the the chance. Not to, even an yeah, option. Yeah, not an option. Okay. Yeah, it was just, these are your options, and there's, like, ten options. <laughs> so you're like, <laughs> like all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but eight was one of those options, and 
So my brother, eight is also kind of a family number. But eight, I don't know if you know this, but in soccer, positions are numbers. So like the 10 is I the I hear about the, yeah, the nine and the false nine. Yeah, yep, exactly. In rugby, they are too, like literally. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, that's the same idea. Yeah, same idea. What, it's not mandatory. The, yeah. But, I didn't know it was all of them. Yeah. yeah. So every position has a number. Uh, like I said, the 10 is the most common because attacking midfielder is referred to as the 10, like common knowledge. But all the other positions have a number as well. Um, and eight is like, so the holding mid is a six. The attacking mid's a 10. The eight is like the in-between there. Mm. And a lot of times growing up, I actually played more of like the eight rather than the 10. And um, so You're more of a eight, 10 now, right? Yeah, I'm the 10 now. Yeah. yeah. But you Which, thank goodness, I like the 10 the best. <laughs> but But it was fitting for that reason. And like I said, it was kind of a family number. It was always like my second number to 21. So it fit well when that one was available. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't realize so. There were those other numbers. I'm a yeah. huge soccer fan. I had no clue. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny the things you learn. Even I hadn't even actually heard the phrase a brace for two goals yeah. until 2019. Spencer <laughs> on BYU Sports Nation said, Lise Flake with a brace versus Santa Clara, whatever. And I was like, she wore a brace? What happened to her knee? <laughs> no, literally. I yeah. look like an idiot. And I'm like a huge soccer fan. Yeah. And ugh, what an idiot. That yeah. means more people need to start getting some braces. I, then, I felt so you stupid. Can... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. More multi-goals. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Okay, so let's rewind back to when you really, really broke out. Mm-hmm. So 2019, what a magical year for BYU women's soccer. Yeah. You guys are undefeated until the last game. Like yep. you have a tie or two in there. But you get to the Elite Eight, like arguably the greatest team in BYU history. First team All-American for you, 16 goals, 7 assists. You're ranked fifth in top drawer soccer's top 100 players list at the end of the year. What was that season like for as a team and individually? Yeah, that team, like you said, breakout year, that was just a special year for me and for the team. It was up to that point by far, like, that was like, wow, that was a fun year for so many different reasons. And it was my favorite year. And and just to see what we accomplished was really special. I think that we kind of, every year that I had been here up to that point, we talked about, like, our potential and what we were capable of. And I felt like that year— it finally came together, and on the field we executed, but off the field it was, like, special. It was just, like, you knew we were going to be good. Just the vibe and the culture that we had, it was it was really fun to be a part of. It was so fun to watch. Like, every <laughs> game it was like, okay, how much is BYU going to win by? Yeah. How many goals <laughs> are you going to put? Like, it was so entertaining. Yeah. And you guys had a, a, it was a massive amount of minutes. You didn't even give up a goal, yeah. you know, for a long time, defensively, offensively. It was awesome. Okay, yeah. when you finish fifth in the top 100 at the end of the year as, a, as an individual, are you surprised by that? Were you hoping for something like that? Because that's big time. <laughs> to finish fifth in the top 100 list? Yeah, so I don't think – I definitely wasn't expecting it. Sometimes when those type of awards come out, like – you don't even really think about it because in the season and stuff, like, that's the last thing I'm thinking about. It's for me and, like, I'm sure for my whole team and, and most people, it's it's usually team first. You know, like, I want to see the team succeed more than I ever want to be successful myself. And going to the Elite Eight or making a long run in the tournament is way more rewarding and fun than an individual award if you, like, don't even go to the tournament, you know? Yeah. So I'm not even thinking of stuff like that. Um, Obviously, the common awards, like All-American or stuff like that, I know about. and I Herman Trophy, which is like the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, those are goals that I have and things that I'm working towards. But as far as, like, being ranked fifth 
at that time in the country, that's not something I really consciously think about. Um, but I remember when that came out, I kind of looked at like the other girls that were around me or ahead of me. And it's like, yeah, that's some good company to be a part of. Like I, I was just super happy to kind of be listed with those girls because they're who are going to play at the top level. You know, they're, they're my competition and who I need to kind of hold myself to to play at the highest level. So, so it was, it was a really fun thing. At what point, maybe it was during the season or after season, do you think, oh, like I could be drafted. I could play in the NWSL or other leagues at some point. Cause mm-hmm. once you get fifth in that, it's like, oh, you're going to be a draft pick. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of when, like I always think about getting drafted or playing after college and stuff, but that's when it gets real, like you said, and I kind of realize, like, all right, I'm I need to take this serious if I want it because I have the opportunity. So you end up getting drafted, um, and the, this draft is unique because they draft you before the or is it during the 2020 season? Remind me. It was in January 2020. It's right before you play yeah. the what would have been, um, you know, fall of. 2020 season, but it's in early 2021, earlier this year, right? Yeah, I, I spoke wrong. It's yeah. January of 2021. Yes, okay. earlier this year. Yeah. Yep. Um, you still have this, this, the, the delayed seasons about to begin. Mm-hmm. And at some point in this process, when was this? You're, you're thinking, no, I'm playing fall 2021 as well. Mm-hmm. You get picked 14th by the Orlando Pride. Fantastic accomplishment. What's it like? Because you can you can leave immediately. You can stay and play the spring. You could leave after spring and play and not play the fall. You decide you're going to play spring and fall and then go in a couple months <laughs> to the team. This is a big decision for you. Yeah, this was crazy. Um, I don't know if you know about how it all went down, but our, our season gets canceled. Um, so you think it's over? I think— Like your BYU career? No, because okay. it wasn't that – it didn't take that long for them to say you'll get an extra year. Gotcha. And right when they said that, I'm like, yeah, I'm not leaving. This like, like I didn't a year get ago my senior in August year. or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, I, I didn't even get my senior year. I'm not going to leave and I'll enter the draft when that time comes. You know, like I want to enjoy – You're set on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, then – and that's in like August, like you said. Then in about late December – and the, the draft happened like the second week of January. Late December – they start saying, well, if you've played three years of college, you are eligible for the draft. Whether which is you declare case, or not. Yes. Right? And that's what that's what was crazy is because usually you have to enter the draft. Like you have to say, I'm ready. I'm, I'm entering the draft. You have an agent if you want or yeah. whatever. And like you go through that process. Well, I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not ready. I don't, I don't want to do that. Well, They can draft you against your will if you want. Yeah, yeah. And then they come out. They change all the rules. Jen comes and tells me. I have different agents calling me and talking to me about it. And I'm like, well, that kind of sucks, you know, because I'm not going to come. Like, even though I knew I, I was probably going to get drafted, I I didn't actually enter my name. So it kind of takes away leverage from me because mm. now and, – and it's all hearsay. Who knows what actually would have happened. But I'm expected to be a top five draft pick going Oh, so 14th low. Yes. Gotcha. So – but then because I say, well, I'm not coming for a whole nother year, teams can get away with drafting me later because they're not going to get me for a whole year. So so I'm not as much of a priority because mm. because they need to use draft picks that they'll get immediately, right? Yes, Does that make sense? Yes, we know you're coming. Yeah. And Is a bunch a- of other girls came out and said, like, yeah, I'm ready. Like, I'm foregoing my senior year. Gotcha. Or I'm just playing the spring and we'll join you in the summer. Yes. But you, had you already decided I'm doing 
spring and fall? Yes. And actually, a lot, several GMs and stuff called me asking me that question. And I was like, I, I was almost hoping I wouldn't get drafted because, like I said, it took my leverage away. If I wait till the next year, then I get drafted higher. Is there a I'm signing coming. bonus attached to that? There, what, it, what, it's, what's, or it's, is it just the prestige of being tough up? It's more the prestige because the NWSL doesn't have much of that. Mm-hmm. But within contracts, they do add. Depending on where you go, there there will be something added depending gotcha. on where you're where you're picked. So, so fourteen is significantly lower. Yeah, than yeah. Hoping. Gotcha. So that kind of threw me off a little bit. But when it's all said and done, I'm I'm happy. Um, Orlando picks me. They knew I wasn't coming. They they actually called Jen the night before, and said we. Think if she, if she's still around, there was a lot of talk if they would still draft me or if another team would pick me before. Like, we have the 14th pick. That was their second pick. They said, if she's still around, we want to take her. Is she for sure not coming till the next year? And Jen said, yeah, she's not coming. She told me she wants to stay. So they, they can't contact you directly? They have to go through your coach or that's just their preference? That's just their preference. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm I think interested they, why they didn't just talk to you. They Well, the GM did talk to me earlier on, but I think that they, out of respect a little bit, and and they deep down knew that I wasn't coming, so they didn't really want to put pressure on me, but wanted to clarify gotcha. with Jen before. Gotcha. So it was it was nice of them. But so Jen tells them, anyways, they pick me anyways. And I mean, Orlando's great. Like right when I heard that, I was like, I don't care. I'm I'm happy that it was Orlando because there's a lot of places that I would prefer not to go. <laughs> and um they have, I mean, they have Alex Morgan, Sydney LaRue, Ashlyn Harris, Allie Krieger. They have a lot of big names, and they have a big market there. So it was a great fit. Plus, like, I love Florida. So, the beach, yeah. Disney World. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The they got it all. So, yeah. um, And it's one of the better setup teams in the NWSL. So I was like, this is awesome. I'm excited. But it was always kind of weird because it's a year out, you know? Yeah. Usually when you get drafted, you're like, all right, I'm moving next week or whatever. Yeah, like, it goes fast. Yeah, this yeah. Is- the anti-fast. Yeah, yeah, but I'm yeah. like, oh, I got a while. Like, it's cool, but this is on hold because I'm at BYU right now kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, and I can't remember where the rest of the story was going, but that, no, that's, that's how the draft part went yeah, down at least. Yeah. yeah. So you've always had this in the back of your mind. You're halfway to this point. So in January you'll go so, join them? Yeah. Or what's the schedule? I guess, yeah, that's what I was – school? Yeah. Will you leave it uh, – some so people don't think about this logistically, but a lot of the professional athletes that didn't finish in like four years, which by the way, finishing in four years may, means you're taking 15 credits per semester if you never go spring summer. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Yeah. So if good. someone doesn't grad, I took nine semesters. Like I need that extra semester. <laughs> yeah. I was a academic walk on. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it takes a minute, right? Yeah. Um, Sometimes that weighs into people's decisions of how quickly do I do this? Jim McMahon takes 30 years to graduate, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it takes time. What's yeah. your situation? So I graduated in April. You already did? Yep. Congratulations. Well, thank, in thank you. Exercise and wellness, and I minored in business. That's awesome. So, yeah. So now you're on Scully. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. can take, uh, you know, one credit if you want. Exactly. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now it's Public chill. speaking or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. Exactly. But. I have like this last semester and I'm like, well, my so- my focus is purely soccer. Um, I'm done with school. So I do have to take like a couple of classes to be what you enrolled. I haven't actually signed up for my classes yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's so different now. Like usually I sign up in yeah. May or June. But yep. 
But because I'm graduated, it's like I'll just go in whatever. You're like golf whatever. and yeah. barroom dancing. <laughs> I actually I, golf is one of the yeah. classes I'm trying to get into. Do so, it. Yeah. My last semester, I took intermediate basketball and barroom dance. <laughs> That's so funny. And it was like the funnest semester. Yeah, ever. I bet. It was yeah. great. I did nothing. Yeah. Was, that was the idea. I know. I'm ex- I'm excited to yeah. just focus on soccer. So yeah. Okay. So this is your last last season, um, yeah. and you've had such a legacy here. The reason I said. I think you might be the best player in program history is because, one, what you've done on the field and the All-Americans. But Jen Rockwood last year, when I was prepping to call one of the games, said – because I said, how good is Michaela? Like, give me – Jen Rockwood, for those who don't know, she's the only coach BYU's ever had. (laughs) 95 to now. Like, she knows, right? And she said, oh, she's the best player we've ever had. And I was like, tell me more, you know? And she described your game and how you control – Everything on the field and your skill level with the ball at your feet and your vision and your finishing ability and all this stuff. Like what, what is – how would you summarize your career at BYU and kind of what BYU's done for you and, and what it's meant to you to be able to be so successful at this level and get drafted and people know you and like soccer is like a massive part of your life? Yeah. Uh, first, Jen's incredible. She always just – Makes makes me sound even better than I am, I think. But she's, I mean, it's just crazy to see what she's done with the program. So just to play for BYU and and play at such an amazing university is is awesome with a great coaching staff. And they've they've definitely helped me get to where I am because I think I came in as a good player and and had a lot of expectations. But they've shaped my game in like a way that I wouldn't wouldn't have expected and and just kind of taken me over a little bit and and transformed me in the way I play. So um, just my experience at BYU, like when, whenever somebody asks me, I'm like, I, I can't speak highly enough about it because in all ways, it's it's been everything I've dreamed of, like soccer, outside of soccer, and just my development overall. I feel like it's helped me become the player I want to be and – and become the person I want to be, and and I feel like I'm still learning a ton, and that's why I'm not in a rush to get out of here. But it's been amazing to be a part of, and each year and every single day, I'm just excited to step back on the field with my teammates and um, keep progressing. And and hopefully now that I'm almost on my way out, just inspiring people that are under me and still at the beginning of their careers, because I want them to have just as awesome of an experience as I have, and and hopefully feel big shoes that have played here and and kind of follow trend and keep the program in the positive direction. It's amazing that it keeps going that way Mm because I always think, well, how can you keep doing it? Like it's so hard, right? Mm -hmm. We saw the Elite Eight of 2003 and then 2012 and then boom, 2019 doesn't lose a game until you Mm -hmm. have to play at Stanford, which is a tough draw, right? At South Field would have been fun, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Okay, and I love that you have the attitude of like, hey, this place is special. Why would I be in a rush to leave? Mm -hmm. Like unless you're Zach Wilson with the $23.5 million signing bonus, like (laughs) I get that, right? Yeah, that might change things. (laughs) Like, yeah, my uh, for me personally, uh, I got a job at BYU TV as a student, and I was like, this is incredible, like – this exists, you know, yeah. and I haven't left since. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there are some who are like, why don't you leave? I'm like, I don't think you understand how cool this place is. Like, yeah. Like, what am I going to go do? Call, uh, you know, minor league baseball by myself in a booth in the middle of nowhere? I'm not the player. Yeah. I'm the broadcast. Like, yeah. this is a special place. And sure. it's so fun to, like, tell stories like yours and others and form relations. It's just a great place. So I, I love that you kind of understand, like, hey, 
that'll be there. Yeah. It's going to be there in a couple months. You'll get there to be amazing, but you won't feel like, oh, I missed something. Yeah. And we've seen men's basketball players come back. Mm-hmm. Gilly Childs for a senior, Alex Porcello, and so on. Mm-hmm. They get it. Not everyone uh, feels the same way, but I love that you feel the same way yeah. about BYU. Yeah, and I was actually going to tell you um, in the summer, so the NWSL is in the middle of their season right now. Mm-hmm. They go from like April-ish to October, November, and in our time off in the summer here, I went out to Orlando and trained with them. And um, because I'm allowed to, because I'm drafted, but like there's some rules, I'm not allowed to like play in a game with them, but I can train with them. And after I was out there, I kind of was faced with this decision again, even though I had already made my decision and the coaches there knew that and stuff. The GM pulls me in at the end and he's like, we really want you. Like, is there any way? Of course he is. He's like, <laughs> yeah. like, we need you now. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. he's like, is there anything, like, can we do anything for you to get you to come now? Is Like, I don't want to. He was really good about it, too. He's like, You're like There's I don't want to pressure you. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> he was actually really good about that. And they, yeah. I mean, they offered me this contract now and they're mm. like, anyways, they just, they were very good about it, but had a little bit of pressure on me, too. And. So then I come back here and I'm talking to Jen about it again. And I'm like, just so you know, like I'm kind of reconsidering. Like I really want to be at BYU, but this decision also makes sense in a lot of ways. You know, like it's kind of a good time and opportunity for me to go there now. And anyways, after working through that, I once again come back to what we just talked about, which is I'm just not in a rush to get out of here. You know, the NWSL is great and it will be exciting when that time comes, but I don't think I'm in a hurry to get there because of how great it is at BYU. And I know it's a time in my life I'll never get back. So I'm just I'm just trying to enjoy it while I got it. Was that a tough decision? Because, again, like you said, hey, there's two great options here. i got to pick what the best one is. Yeah, yeah, it was really tough. And, and Jen probably claims this one too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she hey, does. two could, oh. I was going to say, yeah, you could go talk to her. She'd say the same thing again. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I just have to say it and Kayla will stay. But... Um, no, it was it was a really hard decision, and once again, I was really close to leaving. Like before, I came to BYU, really close to going to Utah. I was I was really close to going to Orlando, just because there were a lot of good opportunities there, and and things that made sense. And like I said, the timing is good for a lot of different reasons for the situation their team's in right now. And um, yeah, it was hard. I, I had to talk to a lot of people, talk to my family, and. You know, think about what would be best for my future, but I'm I'm really happy with my decision, and and I I don't think it's ever a bad choice to stay at BYU. So, <laughs> so what was it like practicing with Alex Morgan and company? Was it was she, amazing. Was she there? Yeah. What was that like? Amazing. Uh, it's a completely different environment, completely different level. I mean, it's like every level you play at, you kind of feel those same things before you adjust, which is just. Some butterflies and yeah. anxiousness. Yeah, and like the the speed of play is that much faster. Their their technical ability is all sharpened up a little bit. You know, it's just every single part of the game is like a step up. Um, and like going from high school to college, it's like every player on your college team was the best in their high school. Well, yep. now going from college to the pros, every team on the pros is the best at their college. So you kind of become, I don't know if humbled is a good word to use, like all these players that I'm with in, in Orlando were me in college, you know, are the best team from or best player from their college. And especially, I mean, every NWSL team is probably like that, but especially the pride because you have the big names. You have 
Alex Morgan, who everybody knows. Everybody her. knows Alex Morgan. Yep, she's and, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows her, and she's one of the best players to ever play. So and multiple national team players, as you mentioned. Yeah, yep. yeah. So it's just like. I mean, the first day I'm there, I'm just, like, looking around, just taking it all in. I'm like, wow. Like, don't wow, ask for a awesome. picture. Don't <laughs> yeah. ask for an autograph. So funny because right before I went, Jen was like, get a picture with Marta because uh, do you know who oh, Marta Ma- is? Marta? Yeah. The greatest Brazilian yeah. female soccer player of all yeah. time? Ma- Arguably the best female soccer player. Or ever. Yeah. yeah. Marta, as yeah. they probably yeah. call it. Yeah. Yep. I went so, to Brazil on my mission. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. 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 She's on the team, too. Jen's like, Dude, get, get a Marta picture with Marta and Alex Morgan yeah. and Sydney. Yeah. Sydney LaRue. LaRue, yeah. She's tatted up and awesome. Yeah, yeah she's great. <laughs> yeah. So there's like big time names, and I'm just like, I show up to practice, and you're like, this isn't Southfield. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, wow, this is cool. You know, there's like, I'm just looking around. Like, my locker's like three down from Alex Morgan. I'm like, this is just something to enjoy. You know, just yep. the experience and take it in. So it's it was really cool and it was awesome. And it, if anything, it just made me more excited to get to that point um, because for a lot of different reasons moving to Orlando and going pro is exciting and fun but like there's there's hard things that come with it so I think it was good for me to go out there and just get a feel for what it will be like and know like what's to come in in the next few months were any of the players trying to influence you to come too yeah so I think also like the GM because of the situation their team's in and what was big they, about it is that they it's need an like Olympic an attacking mid well, Marta plays attacking mid, so not really, but <laughs> <laughs> but she they had a few injuries in the midfield for one, and it's an Olympic year, which means everyone they're gone. gone. Yes, yeah, and so it was. That's why the timing was really kind of good mm. at that time. Um, but I, it will be great when I do go there, and a lot of those girls are kind of getting towards the end of their career. So, right. Yeah. Soccer's funny that way. Like, if you're early 30s, you're old. Yeah, I know. Because you're supposed to, like, be playing. If you're, like, legit, legit, you're, like, at 17 playing professionally or whatever. Yeah, especially it's, it's overseas. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And That's and crazy. the U.S. system, for those who don't know, is very different than internationally where you're at an academy. You're going to, like, high school at Chelsea or whatever, which is the team I support. Like, you're Chelsea living there. Bama. They sign. Yeah, you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you have a, a favorite team? To be honest, I just enjoy watching soccer. Yeah. I don't have like a – I'm not dead set on a team. But from the time I I was little and got into soccer, I've always enjoyed watching Barcelona the most just because like Messi's like – The goat. Yeah. I, I just – I can't even go there with that argument because – I think Messi's so much better than his competition, and I I would do anything to like shape my game to be like his. So I've I've loved watching Barcelona. Yeah, that left foot is like the greatest in history. He's insane in any left foot anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. he's incredible. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, like how much soccer do you watch casually? Is that the sport you watch the most? Because some some athletes want to disconnect from mm-hmm. their sport, but others want can't get enough. Yeah. I mean, this might be the wrong answer, but There's I don't. No I, I don't watch a ton of soccer. Yeah. Compared to other sports, like I watch the NBA and. I know you watch a lot of minor league baseball. <laughs> minor league baseball every single day, so that one probably takes the cake now. But I always enjoyed watching football and basketball the most, probably. Yeah. So. Do you have a football and basketball team that you support? Well, I love the Jazz, so that's yeah. that's for sure my basketball team and football team. I like the Saints, but. You like the Saints? Yeah. Why do you like the Saints? Um, 
I always like. Is it Taysom like, Hill or is it? it I wouldn't say it. I mean, I love Taysom Hill. I love watching him now. I don't think it started with Taysom Hill. Um, I really like that receiver, Michael Thomas. But oh yeah, he's legit. He yeah. He's and so I good. always like Drew Brees. But well, like, who doesn't like Drew Brees? Yeah, you know it's what I mean? just like he's so likable. Yeah, yeah. So, but I like watching any NFL game. So. Yeah. Do you are there individual players that you've sort of patterned your game after or sampled from? So men or women? Um. Like I said, well, growing up, so I played for LaRocca in my club days, and LaRocca is their big – so the founder of the club is Chilean, and they have like a bunch of Chilean coaches. So they get this kind of international style um, and Chilean style, and they always told me like – they call them Tiki Taka videos on YouTube. <laughs> And it's – that's the style of play they Tiki try to play. Tiki. Tiki Yeah. Yeah. And it's Barcelona. Like that's Barcelona's style. It's just yeah. like knock the ball around, small passes, not direct and athletic, but like beat them with moving the ball. Mm-hmm. And so that's where my love for Barcelona kind of came and um, Messi and just his style of play and like his vision, the way he sees it. He's for sure who I've tried to like mimic. But with that said, I think there's a huge difference between the men's side and the women's side of the game. So I would say I more closely try to imitate girls that I've looked that I've watched growing up and just players on the national team, the US youth national team or US national team. Um like who? And I would say Carly Lloyd is probably my favorite. She's incredible. She's crazy good. Yep. <laughs> the, the, uh you know, in the Olympics, the US unfortunately lost a uh, semifinal to Canada, which is disappointing. Uh, but after the game, Carly Lloyd was running wind sprints on the field. She's just a leader. Doesn't that just she's just, know, just goes to show the type of person and yeah. player she is? Yeah. yeah. No, she's so mature. And then, of course, like her goal from like midfield. Yeah. A couple World Cups ago. Yeah, was, and she scored a hat trick in that game. Oh, yeah. oh, that was a that was massive destruction. Yeah. My wife went upstairs. I'm like, we scored two more. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes later. Carly Lloyd. Yeah. yeah. No, was, that was incredible. Anybody else that has influenced you? Um, I mean, yeah, all of them, but to be honest, like I try to key in on players that play my similar position and just watch how they play. Um, and Carly Lloyd has always, she's nearing the end of her career now too, but she was kind of my like generation. Like when I started watching and getting into soccer, she was like in her prime Yeah, and she was definitely who I focused in on the most and, and her style of play. I, she just knows the game really well. And I, I think that. Women in general, girls, that's what lacks the most is the IQ of the game, and and Carly Lloyd definitely has that. So she was fun for me to watch. Okay, so 2020 uh, isn't in the fall. It's in the winter of 2021, that season. Everyone's just called it Euro 2020. I know, it's weird. Tokyo 2020. Throws me off. (laughs) Uh, So the 2020 season technically is in 2021. Your first team All-American again. Uh, the team goes 11-4-1, and one, and you make it to the NCAA tournament again. Uh, lost to Virginia. I know that was a bummer for you guys. Individually, getting to the tourney is hard, but yeah, you guys I know mm-hmm. wanted to advance. Mm-hmm. Um, first team All-American. You finished second in the Top Tour Soccer's Top 100. So you were fifth mm-hmm. and then second. You have a nine-game scoring streak during the year that tied a BYU record with China Robach, who put up like... Uh, hat-tricks on the regular against New Mexico and <laughs> Wyoming if yeah. they had a soccer team. Yeah. Um, what was that nine-game scoring streak like? Because that's an incredible run. Yeah, that was fun. And coming into the 2020 or 2021 season, 
there were a lot of question marks in the outside, you know, world. I don't think for me or for us, I had a lot of questions because I knew what what we were looking like in practice, and I, yeah. I was really confident in us. The defensive line's gone. Elise yeah, Flake's gone. Like, yeah, exactly. What's gonna have no different goal. Yeah, like what's what gonna are you gonna do without yep. Elise? Who's gonna score your goals? Yep. Stuff like that. You're like, I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, <laughs> Cameron's <laughs> right there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we have people, but um, I just so. Anyways, I was just gonna say like. I was very confident going into that season still, and and I just always wanted to make sure, like, I'm building off of what I just did. 2019 was great, but, like, there's still more. I'm not going to let that be the highlight of my career and, and kind of taper off now. Like, I, I want to build on that, and, and that was my goal. And I knew with losing Elise, I mean, I knew other people would step up, but I knew there was going to be more, you know, responsibility on my end to score goals because— it's always a priority to score goals, but I was kind of more of like a playmaker, and so I was like, I need to take that upon myself to make sure we're on the board every game. And So that was kind of my goal and priority going into that season, and I knew I had scored. Like, I kind of, the first couple games, I, I wasn't finishing, but we were winning, so I wasn't nervous. You know, that's that's what matters. And then I scored, like, I think my first goal of the season was the third game, and I, I scored every game from there on out. Um, for the streak at least, and I knew I was scoring and I knew we were winning, but I didn't know that there was a streak, first of all, that had previously been set and that I was, like, close to. I had no idea. And then I saw it. It was actually on Twitter that I saw it. Like, if Michaela or— It was a Greg? Michaela, yeah, it might have been Greg that initially said it. He's all over it. Yeah, and Greg's all over the yeah. stats, you know. But he— yeah, it was Greg because we were going into playing Santa Clara at Santa Clara, and he he said massive game. Yep, huge game. We'll like, talk about Santa Clara in a second. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Um, and his tweet is like, if Michaela Coolahan scores this game, she'll tie the all-time game scoring streak record, whatever it's called. Greg, the word is win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, oh wow, I didn't know that. You're like, ah, oh, I better score today. Yeah, I'm like, I wasn't going to, but now I will. <laughs> yeah, now it's my focus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I went into that game knowing that, and that's that's the first time I had heard of it. Um, and then I scored that game, and Greg interviewed me after and said, you just tied the scoring record. How do you feel? And I was like, wow, that's awesome. You know, I'm I'm really happy. And he's like, you have the chance to score the, or to beat it the next game. And I didn't beat it <laughs> because I didn't score. But. You respected Shauna so much <laughs> yeah. that you chose not to. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. maybe I'll let her keep that title yeah. right now. You're <laughs> no. like, it wasn't enough that Shauna was an Olympian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In but bobsled. I, think, I know, right? yeah. We just were talking about that the other yeah. day. No, so she's one of the goats in uh, athletics BYU. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you end up being named a Two-time first-team All-American, first player in program history. Other other first-teamers at least once. Lindsey Lisenby, Cutshaw, and I kind of did the NSCAA or the United Soccer, kind of those two. I didn't really do like randos out there. I Soccer think those buzz are the two. like um, 10 years ago. I yeah. don't know. No, those are the ones that matter. <laughs> Lindsey Lisenby, Cutshaw, Ashley Hatch, Marin Hendershot, McCrary, and Ashley Kramer-Rose. That's pretty good company. Yeah. Like in the history of BYU soccer, those are some of the greats, right? Those are the names that you hear about all. all Those are the up. banners on yeah. the Smithfield House. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. it's a special group. Yeah. Um, what do you What are you most proud of in your career? I would say it's a tough question. Um, That's what I bring here. Yeah, <laughs> you're testing me. <laughs> um, 
I remember, though, coming to a couple games growing up at BYU and seeing those banners on the wall. And my cousin is one of them. I don't know if she was a second or third team All-American, but All-American nonetheless. And I was like, I want to be on that wall. I want to I want to come to BYU and I want to be not just a player, not just an average, you know, contributor, but I want to be the best and I want to be an All-American. So I would say that that, that was my biggest accomplishment and something that I'm the most proud of. So. Do they have a banner up right now of you while you're playing? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> is that weird? Is that awesome? Uh, is that it, validating? It, yeah, validating. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, outside of Studio B, we have different sports pictures up, mm-hmm. but it's not of Spencer and I. <laughs> One is soccer, but it's an unnamed player. Balls going through their legs. Oh, We're yeah. like, I'm always thinking like, oh, that'd be nice if we could have a our, a banner up, yeah, if you will. Yeah, you guys deserve so that. So we're not good enough. You are, no, definitely. That's, you're definitely that's good That's what enough. I'm saying. I'll have yeah. to talk to some people yes, after this and get a banner about. of you guys. Yes. <laughs> okay, so obviously in everyone's life, they have to overcome something to get to where they are. Um, and that could be a variety of places, things, whatever. What have you overcome to be in this position? Yeah, um, like you said, everyone overcomes things and has different challenges in life. Um I consider myself very lucky. I feel like I've had a lot of different opportunities. I, I've been fortunate in many ways. I don't feel like I've had super difficult struggles like I've heard of other athletes and other stories that people have gone through. And and so, like I said, I, I count myself very lucky and count my blessings for that, and I'm very thankful for it. Um, with that said, though, I think everybody has their stuff. Everybody has challenges, and um, I think something that I probably have struggled with the most, which that sounds even more harsh than it is because I, I don't feel like I've struggled a ton with it, but is kind of balancing like what I want most in life. Um, because soccer has been like the biggest part of my life, especially once you get to college and you're playing a D1 sport, like it's pretty much your life, you know, and and I love it. I think most athletes probably love it, but it does get hard. And and sometimes I'm like, I love soccer, but soccer's not like all I am. Soccer's not all that I want to be. And so I've tried to balance that by making sure that I give myself other things that I'm working towards or other challenges. Or if it's school, thinking post-soccer soccer and my career afterwards, what I want to do. And just because... Like I said, I want to be more than that. I want to reach people in other ways than being a soccer player and and hopefully have an impact in more ways than that, you know. And so for me, I've I've struggled in a sense to to always make sure that I'm doing that because sometimes I'll get wrapped up in like I go to I go to sleep, I wake up, I eat breakfast, I go to class, I go to soccer for the rest of the day, I go to treatments ice, whatever it is, I go home, repeat, you know? And so sometimes it becomes like, wow, am I just a soccer player? Is that all that I am? And I feel like lately that's kind of almost been more, more people have talked about that or brought light to that as an athlete and in athletics in general, people have kind of related to that. And so sometimes, like I said, it it can get hard. It can be challenging to not to not let it overtake you because I think every athlete is more than their sport and has a bigger story than that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It just happens to be what you're doing now. But yeah, yeah. Why sure. you're here at this time yep. doing this thing. Yeah, yep. exactly. Simone Biles in the Olympics shed a lot of light on kind of the mental health aspect of that, which mm-hmm. this kind of ties into that. Uh, tell us more about like that angle which has emerged like the last 10 or 20 years of, OK, there's the physical side, but there's also the mental side. Dr. Craig Manning works with all the teams at BYU. Sort of what angle that plays in – being an athlete nowadays, that's super important because it affects you on the field but like a ton off it, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think like you got to take care of your mental health and sometimes that has a stigma. So I try to stay away from saying mental health but it is what it is. It's mental health. Um, you and gotta a lot t- of people are saying mental health is health. Yeah. Like it's just health. Yeah. you got to take care of that in order to be successful in your sport. So um, – I think it's great when there's light brought to that. I hope that it doesn't ever get overused in a sense or become cliche um, because it shouldn't be because it is really important and and everyone needs to make it a priority. Um, But like you said, there's Dr. Craig Manning. There's Tom Golightly. We have all these resources here that help us be confident, healthy, all of that off the field so that we can be successful on the field. And it's just amazing to see all the resources that we all we all have and are given because at the end of the day, everyone just wants to see us succeed. And it's really cool to see that you have this whole team behind you helping you be your best. And it's it's just fun to be a part of, you know, like me and my team and the rest of the BYU student athletes are the ones performing, but you don't see enough of what happens behind the scenes and all the people that have contributed to all our success because they're just as important and should be acknowledged just as much as we as the ones that are actually on the field. Trainers, strength and conditioning, obviously the coaches, mm-hmm. mental you know, mental health, uh, administrators, academics. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, a, there's a ton. So much. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's always you know, an army. It takes a village yeah. to, to raise you yeah. know, a kid. Um, does the, that mental part – does that manifest itself in a soccer game the most in a penalty kick? Penalty kick? <laughs> yeah. Because but, you're by yourself yeah. and you take a lot of the penalties, right, for BYU. Mm-hmm. What, what's that moment like? Because we watched Euro 2020 <laughs> uh, and like Italy had to win back-to-back games to Crazy. win the Euros in penalties. Yeah. My guy Jorginho uh, was money except he actually missed in the final but they still won. Yeah, luckily. So what's that yeah. like for you in that moment <laughs> mentally? It is, I mean, PKs, there's a lot of things that I would say are like 90% mental. Mm. Um, but PKs for sure because they say, and and this, it might be different for men because the keepers cover so much more of the goal on the men's side. Um, they say, though, like you have an 80% chance of scoring, even though I don't think 80% of penalty kicks are scored because that seems pretty high. You think it's lower? I, I would say it's lower, but they say you have an 80% chance of scoring. Yeah, yeah I've heard that too. Yeah, and so that kind of goes to show, like, if you pick your spot and you hit it, you'll score. But it's not like the physical aspect of picking your spot and hitting it. It's like mentally being strong enough to believe, like, if I, if I, I don't know, just talking yourself through it. Um, can you and complicate not, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is you it can, a simple thing? Because it doesn't it, seem simple. It's it's def, you can definitely complicate it. I think it should be simple. The more you can simplify it, the better off you'll be. Because, like you said, you're all alone. You're staring at the keeper. Everyone's focused on you, and 
you just got to be confident in that moment. You just got to pick your spot and hit it. Okay, tell me about this team this year. What are you guys going to do? How's how's this team looking? <laughs> this this team's exciting. I'm I'm super pumped. Um, I think you got a little taste of it in the spring because with it being a weird year, we almost returned everyone. We lost Josie Jelilich now, Gwen, and um, Natalie Clark. So those are the two that we're missing, but we pretty much have the exact same team as we did in the spring, which is exciting because that doesn't typically happen. And it's the first time for me, too, that we don't come into a new season with losing a whole class, right? So it's super exciting because I'm like, wow, we were able to build almost a full season together, and now we're going into the real season all together still. You know, we'll have the same lineup pretty much. We'll have the same people contributing and playing significant minutes. So I'm so pumped and just getting everything started is super exciting. The beginning of the year is just so much fun and and playing before school started. So you're just all focused on soccer and all kind of together is is awesome and that'll I, carry over for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's the rest of the semester for yeah. me, but it's it's just awesome and I think the sky's the limit for this team and I think, if anything, it's super evident seeing Santa Clara win it all, how how realistic that is for us and how, you know, our potential really is a national championship. And I fully believe that. I'm not—I think a lot of people might say that, but I fully believe that. And watching Santa Clara win it after we beat them last year is just— Yep, you split the regular season. Yep, it just it just fuels my fire and mm. and I think gives all of us a little bit of a you know, chip on our shoulder to to work towards and and to play for. They're the rival in the league right now. Yeah. Kelsey Turnbow is the only player listed above you. Yep. And she's um, returning as well. She's okay. in, she's actually in my same situation. She, she got, got drafted. drafted. Who picked her? The Chicago Red Stars, I think she got picked 18th overall. So um, similar situation. Very similar. Yeah, okay. she probably would have been picked earlier if she didn't say she was returning for the fall. How how long are your rights with that team, by the way? A year. A year. So after 2022's draft. Will that be in January again? Yeah, it'll be in January. My rights will be released, but it's after the draft. Um, released if they don't sign me. So gotcha. Orlando, yeah. And they've, unless something big changes, they told me that they, they don't want to release me. So I, And you I, wouldn't go yeah. back into the draft. Yeah, I can't. Gotcha. Yeah, so I'm assuming yeah. I'll be there. Larry but. Bird was drafted by the Celtics. Like a year, he played his last year at Indiana State. Similar thing. Mm-hmm. NBA used to be a similar deal. Yeah. Wow. I didn't he know was, that. So they held on to him for like a year and a half. Oh, cool. Whatever. Yeah. It was. It was different. Yeah. That's funny. Well, the season's going to be super fun, and uh, like you said, it's like a very similar team that was really good. And remind me, were you, you guys were separated by one seed line from Santa Clara? Like one of you was 11, the other was 12, or something. Right? Yes. So, yeah. yes. Like, they, you were right. We were 12. They, they were, were 11. 11. Yep, I like, think that's the it. same seating. Like, oh. you can do it, right? We had such similar paths, yep. And this program, the only thing it's really missing is a Final Four. Like, mm-hmm. this program has done everything else. Yep. And it's been incredible. So, hey, maybe this is the year. This is the year, I think. Let's and, go. Yep, I told the team. I'm like, we got to do it. Like, this is my last year. We got to take it home. And, and more importantly, like... Something uh, all of us want, I think, is like we want to do it for Jen. Like that's Jen's dream. Oh, Get to the final amen. four. Yeah. Amen. She has everything too in this world. 
I know. Accept that. I know. So, yeah. We're all fighting for it together. One more, baby! Yeah, Yeah, it'll be a really fun year. And we're going to have a ton of these games on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. So I know I'm calling some. Spencer's calling some. So I I can't wait. Awesome. Kayla, thanks for taking a a chunk of your time, uh, you know, in the middle of uh, preseason here to uh, chat and kind of tell your story. It's great to get to know you better. Of course. Thanks for having me. It was fun. That'll do it for us. Listen to previous episodes on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. For Michaela Coulihan, producers Tanner Graff and Trent Reimschusel, I'm Jerem Jordan. You've just listened to Deep Blue on BYU Radio.